0: yo 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 welcome back to the show yo yo you might think it's amazing that i didn't laugh during that sweet little intro bit i just did well i have a secret this is my second time trying to record the intro i definitely chuckled during the first time because that's fucking hilarious Ugh, god i you know i just i get me I I just get me and I think that that is uh, invaluable and I really cherish the relationship I have with myself and all of the voices in my head except for one that when I am having an emotional reaction and I tell this story in this podcast but recently I was crying and I heard a voice that was, uh, noticing me crying. Like I'm having this, like, I'm, I'm moved, emotionally moved, allowing myself to feel feelings. And then this voice in my head was like, wow, you're really like sad. Like you're just really crying right now. Like, whoa, you are feeling an emotion. And I'm like, who the fuck? So I honor all of the voices in my head, except that one. Cause I'm not like I'm not too sure about that one. You know, I just feel like, what the fuck is your intention here with me? Are you here to mock me? Can you just leave me to my feelings? Welcome back to the show. This is Divine Dingo. My name is Ashley. I am your host. I'm your hoster. Because I don't really like being a hostess. So I'm the hoster of this podcast. Today on the podcast, I have the... Ever-so-charming Nimwe agafawick I did not... Usually I practice saying the names of people before I come on here if I am unsure of myself. But, you know, I feel really confident that I pronounced their last name correctly. So let's just go with it. I love Nimwe. I know I say this about every one of my guests, but why would I invite someone on that I don't love? It seems dumb. And like, sure, you might think, Ashley, be a little bit more professional and just say that you really like working with them. But if I'm honest, I love them. I love them a lot. And I did a reading swap with Nimwe and fell in love with them within the first, I don't know, I made some shitty joke and the way that they laughed at it, I was like, "Uh, are we meant to be? And so this podcast is super fun, it's goofy, and yet it's also filled with little bits of wisdom, mostly from Nimway. I was in like a really weird... This last week, we recorded this Monday the 22nd, this comes out Friday, the same week, and I've just had like fucking chronic headaches, I'm just low energy, um... I don't fucking know what's going on, me It's probably nothing, um... But anyways, I, so like for me, this podcast, when I was going back and editing it, why do I say editing, editing it, edit, editing, when I went back and edit, it did. <laughs> Wow. You guys listen to this podcast, uh, on your own, you choose to be here and I'm so glad you are here. I love all of you. You know, I don't like to keep it professional. I love all of you. Even the ones that send me messages and uh, I never message you back. Yeah, I still love you. I responded in the ether. Didn't you get my EM, ether message? What was I saying? Nimway? Nimway's great. We talk about a lot of fun things. And I think that that's all the intro that they need. They offer readings on their website, which I will link down the show notes. Definitely fucking get one. Like, I have had readings with, I think, all of... I've had readings with a lot of people in the community and the Soberish community. And um, Nimwe's reading was insightful and it was... I felt seen and I felt like we could just, like, casually talk but then work together to, like come to realizations. It's like we were just mirroring each other. Like maybe they were realizing something about like the way that they process emotions or, uh, issues that come up in their life, whatever, like through my realizations and gather. I don't fucking know guys. It's amazing. I have a headache and I just drank a lot of pineapple juice. So I'm kind of like cracked out on sugar because the more you cut out of your diet, the more sensitive you become, to all things and you know how much chocolate i used to be able to eat you know how many drugs i used to be able to do and now i cannot drink more than a few sips of pineapple juice without getting fucked up like, is this what happens when you just like stop drinking and doing drugs and like smoking weed and smoking cigarettes and like eat a vegan life lifestyle you eat a vegan lifestyle like I can't drink fucking pineapple juice, mate. Come on. I want to just have some pineapple juice and, like, fucking hang out. What am I going to do? Just drink water the rest of my goddamn life? And fucking tea? I mean, that sounds amazing, but, like, can't somebody just have some fucking chocolate? How many accents was that? Leave your comments below. Can you do that in a podcast? You can't. Tell me how many accents I just did and, um... You will have told me how many accents I did. You get nothing in return. Okay, God, remember when I said I was gonna try and keep these intros short? What? Why do I lie to you all when I love you so much? All right, guys, here's Nimue, welcome. Welcome, one and all, Nimue Icafowick. Did I say that right? this up Nimway. Son of a bitch. Sorry. God damn it. This Off was a to mistake, a great start. <laughs> Absolutely a mistake. Don't worry. I'm really good at editing out. Um, every time I burp or say something stupid. So I got your back.
1: There'll be like five minutes left of actual like presentable material in this
0: podcast between you and me. I love
1: me. it. That's what we need.
0: <laughs> Little snippets of wisdom. Um, well, let's start out with you telling me uh, a story about a time where you feel like you communicated with an animal. And that can be anything from like when your childhood to now um, and a wild animal, an animal you had a close relationship with, just anything. And it can be as woo as like you heard their what they were saying in your mind or you just like instinctually knew what they needed, whatever go for it.
1: Um I guess the most recent one would be um I went to visit Sedona uh in December and I was walking kind of like off the beaten path a little bit and my guides were pressing me to continue down the beaten path and I was like there's nothing here like I don't know what you guys are expecting me to see and then I looked to my right and um there's this rock it's like this big canyon but on the rock face is like a face like an actual face like a person's face i was like oh okay and i, I got like the download this is the spirit of the mountain or the, the child of the mountain i think is what it was and then i hear this like extremely loud buzzing like a brrr, and i look on my left and there's a hummingbird that just like dips down and is i mean right in front of my face like just hovers right there and it just felt very much like it was part of that energy. Um, And I just felt that connection between my guides, the guide in that mountain and just hummingbird hummingbirds follow me around everywhere. So that was just like a really sacred moment. Um, And to have one fly that close to me felt really important because they're not typically that bold, um, at least in my experience. So that would be the most recent one, I think.
0: Have you seen those videos of the people that spend like a month standing in the same position trying to get a hummingbird to land on their hand? I literally just saw a TikTok with this
1: dude who did that exact same thing. And it was like a second clip from every day for however long it took him. And then when the bird landed on his finger, he he doesn't move. Like he's completely motionless, but you can just see his eyes like filling up with tears of happiness. (laughs) It's so precious.
0: Yeah. I love that. Like, I think the only videos I've seen of people doing that have been like, um, They look like big burly dudes and they're just like set up every day. They're just like, I'm going to get a hummingbird and to land on my finger. And I just and so and that that also speaks to your experience, too, to just have one come so close to you. And you're right. They really are not that bold. And that's why it's so exciting when you do see a hummingbird like it's an honor.
1: Definitely. And the, and the other story that makes me think of, too, is for uh, a long time, dragonflies chased me everywhere to the point where they would like land on me and like have like what I consider to be a conversation. Um, I am a sane person. I, 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 you're, let your viewers know I am sane. Uh, but I was at like Lake Winnipa something uh, in New Hampshire, and I was just chilling on like a floaty ring or something, just being outside and this blue dragonfly comes and lands on me and just stares me dead in the eyes I mean it, it was like it knew I was like do I have we met like I'm sorry if I forgot your name I don't remember my mom's name and um, so that used to happen too like they would just chase me around I thought that was really fun
0: those are like two signs of I guess for me when I think of fae and like woodland creatures I'm thinking of like bugs and not like you know fairies with the bug wings i'm not thinking of like little tinkerbells and stuff but when i think about fae i always imagine it's like a bug landing on me and talking to me or like a bird or something those Mm -hmm. are like the two things that stick out to me um the most
1: i can sense that too and like it's it's funny because i think some of the fae um at least especially the ones that are kind of like channeled by people like brian froud i don't think they mind being seen with that energy it's more like as long as you recognize that the wings are not to make them cute it's like a dragonfly's wings i think they are i think they're the most maneuverable animal in the animal kingdom wing like fl- flight wise like they i guess their wings are shaped like helicopters so they can move like omnidirectionally um at any point so if i think you I don't know. I think the, the whole fae concept with the wings, it's gotten really kind of cuted down, which I don't think the fae appreciate. But when you think of it as far as like, okay, if they've got dragonfly wings, that means this energy is like super maneuverable, probably an expert, like chaser, um, can get out of any situation, that kind of thing. You said that was butterfly wings that can do that? Dragonfly wings.
0: Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Butterfly wings.
1: Butterflies just act like they're drunk all the time. I don't, I don't know. Like, have you ever seen one? just like after like having a day like it's I just somebody needs to do like a voiceover that's like funnier than me of like just one of those white garden butterflies after they've had their fill of just like oh, to tell you. It's, it's like they barely know what they're
0: doing <laughs> I love uh when people do voiceovers for animals when I was growing up, my mom and I, that was like what we used to do for entertainment with our animals is we would just give them inner monologues and then just narrate what they were doing. Um, it was the best thing to me. And then, you know, we all have stumbled across um, Snoop Dogg narrating <laughs> Planet Earth. And that <laughs> is, I think, my favorite uh, video on the Internet.
1: <laughs> I'm going to rewatch it as soon as we're done here. Uh- <laughs> I also love the bbc one of the like um the, the daytime nighttime. daytime <laughs> nighttime. like i i will still like that alan 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 like i can't i came close to like having some
0: kind of seizure the first time i watched that video simple simple beautiful shit well it's funny that you were like we, we, that you just said let your listeners know that I'm sane because then we started talking about wings and I've been having like this back pain. Um, and I remembered that I did a a meditation slash like activation with Amy Spicer. It was like a group one around, I think it was the day of the conjunction, the great conjunction. And um, part of like the guided meditation that Amy took us through was like, was it that one? No. I don't know it was I did two with her recently one or one or the other it was both like a guided meditation but it was basically one of them was to like help us get our wings like if we we're from the angelic realm or something and um I didn't realize that that was the intention I think until we were like um already in it and I was like all right fuck it let's see if I got some wings I mean and I, I feel <laughs> like I've been an animal in all my past lives so or at least most of them so like why not and then um I like actually felt both like you know your classic feathery giant angel wings, but then I also felt like dragon wings. I felt both, um Ooh. and so when you're like, let them know that I'm sane. And I'm like, anyways, I had back pain today, and I just imagined my wings just like flopping around a little bit back there, and the back pain went away. So <laughs> literally, just like let them flap. Literally, just let them flap and fly, and then the back pain just went away. So. That's fucking great, and I like that you have like shapeshifty
1: wings. Like you've got like you said feathery wings, but also freaking dragon wings. I mm-hmm. love that. Do they are are they simultaneous? Like do they exist at the same time, or do you kind of shift in between both?
0: Totally shapeshifty. Like I like so resonate with being a shapeshifter. Um, I love that. I love that so much. I remember when I first got into the soberish community. Like I I was hearing like people kind of like had like a um like a bad taste in their mouth over shapeshifters and I get it because it's like if if I guess if you're looking at it in like a not woo sense if somebody's a shapeshifter they're unpredictable or like maybe they're not stable or things like that but I feel like I'm unpredictable and I'm like unstable but not in like a way that I'm would like harm anyone intentionally you know I think that it's like um maybe the lighter side or like the um I don't know. I'm just like the class clown. So that's why I'm unpredictable, you know? And I'm and I'm unstable because like I'm one paycheck away from like getting kicked out of my apartment. Like, you know, that, you know, fun stuff like that.
1: <laughs> that's <laughs> so that's a, get. Yeah. Um, I, uh, oh my God, I've just lost my train of thought. This is going to happen a lot. This is going to happen a lot. Oh, this cool. is what you have that, that editing thing for.
0: That I have not lost my train of thought five times oh, already.
1: Boy. Um, oh, I was going to talk about shape-shifting stuff. It it's, and I like that you kind of um, lean in talking talk about being a clown also within that energy because that energy is supposed to remind us that if things stay the same for too long, it gets very stagnant. Like stagnation is death. So I feel like shape-shifting energy is like particularly sacred because it's a reminder and sometimes like a really fun one or even entertaining one, depending on like which direction you take with it, of the impermanence of everything and how beautiful that is. And also kind of like can call us in and be like, all right, well, maybe we should like, instead of trying to anchor the the moment as much just like respect the moment, honor the moment, say thank you to the moment, instead of trying to capture it and put it in something it won't stay contained in. So that might be part of the reason um, folks, at least that are not connected to because I don't want to speak for anybody else's tradition, um, but that are concerned with like shape shifting as like, oh, I can't trust that. It's probably maybe it's because they can't trust just like that things aren't permanent that things i don't know maybe they have a hard time with change is what i'm trying to say
0: oh i like that like um like are resistant to a fleeting moment essentially
1: yeah and like again yeah. I, I don't want to co-opt anyone else's culture there because i know that like skin changers for example is it skin changers or skin walkers now i feel like even more ignorant than i usually do
0: um i know skin changers is from uh the hobbit when gandalf okay. goes he's a skin changer <laughs>
1: Okay. I think I'm talking about the second one um, where it's like something like a Wendigo. There, there are indigenous traditions that look at that kind of stuff. I think they're called Skinwalker, Skinwalker Ranch. There's like an yeah. actual place where this happened. Um, it, it's like definitely not something you want to fuck with, but like, I don't know, respect. I think that stuff is, and especially, I bet you have um a stronger connection to that kind of energy having lived as animals in a past life. Cause I feel like that's, just how i don't know i feel like you need that energy to do that if that makes any sense
0: mhm that makes sense i think that when i uh when i was giving you your animal communication reading i think i told you that when i first started going to the animal realm i would meet my uh like my guide that would take me through the portal and it was always my bear guide my spirit guide and um we would just both shapeshift together like, we would start out, like, they would be a bear and they would be walking in, and I would just be, you know, my human form. And then we would maybe jump off of a cliff and we would both turn into uh, animals that fly. And then we would go through a waterfall and then we'd go down to the river and we'd turn into fish. And so, like, my first moments tapping into the animal realm and communicating with animal spirits was always initiated with shape shifting. And I think that that was, I mean, that. I think that, like, also around that time was when I met people that, like, didn't like the concept of shape-shifting because of, like, something, you know. And so I was like, oh, is shape-shifting bad? You know, it was still when I was – the more vulnerable I am or the more vulnerable I feel, the more my instinct is to look – outside of myself for somebody to tell me what I am or what is good mm-hmm. and what is bad. And so in that moment I was like feeling vulnerable and I was like, Oh, I guess shape is bad, but no, I, I love it. And it's, it's like a sync synchronicity of mine. Uh, when I interviewed my friend, Kate Ray about Faye, Uh, And I love that that rhymes. I'm always like my friend, Kate, (laughs) Kate Ray from the UK talks about (laughs) Faye. But shapeshifting is like a huge, it's like Faye spirits will shapeshift constantly from what Kate was telling me. And so there's just so many different things that I love about it. Um, And I am and then also in human design, I have an open heart center, which means that um, I am basically like malleable, like I can like, adapt to whatever group of people that I'm around to fit that group of people. I also can maintain myself and who I am, but I'm just like easygoing and malleable. So I'm like shape-shifting. It's just like a part of who I am. So that's my rant about how shape-shifting is cool. Uh,
1: It's super cool. And I think it's also, I think it's a feature of the higher dimensional realm because like when I'm doing readings for, you know, calling in people's guides, they'll show themselves to me how I can best see them. Like like I had one guide who my client was really familiar with, but the way that they showed themselves to me, like in my mind's eye, they had these giant horns that were coming out the front of their head. And my guide had never seen that before. And I was like, I'm pretty sure that's just so I see that they are um, not an Earth elemental, but like really, like horns to me, like have to do with Earth connection and feeling very, very strong in that Earth connection. So they, they shape shift to communicate what they need to communicate to us. So I, I, again, I think it's more of a feature when it comes to that kind of energy, but I, that's only my experience. So um, I'd be interested to know what that's like for other people who channel and do that kind of work.
0: You said that that's when, um, you're working with people's guides, but does that also happen when you are channeling just higher dimensional beings in general, like they will shape shift you kind of, is, is that like the norm for you? I guess.
1: I think so. Like, the energy signature stays the same. Um, and by energy signature, I guess I just mean how they feel kind of vibrationally in my body. Um, and interestingly, like when I'm channeling, like, if I'm channeling with one of the galactic folks that I've been hanging out with, it's more or less, although this might, again, this might change, um, an, an energy. Like, it, it's like they're a group energy. So I don't often see them, like, as individuals. Um, like, people will talk about seeing the Pleiadians as these, like beautiful Nordic blonde hair, blue eyes, supermodels. I have never experienced a being like that before. Um, I've definitely experienced beautiful beings that like, I'm like, Oh, like aesthetically you are pleasing, but I, I feel, I feel them more than I see them. And so the feeling will stay similar, but sometimes visually, I guess that that will definitely, depending on what they want to communicate with me, that can shift.
0: Do you ever um, kind of bump up, with your logical processing mind with what you're seeing, and then like feel a res- seeing or feeling if you're like using your intuition or your like your clairs or your abilities, whatever. and y- your logical mind like comes in somehow you invite it in, and then all of a sudden you're like doubting everything. does that how often does that happen for you if at all?
1: it not as much anymore. but that's mostly because I've been reading cards and channeling for a long, long time, um like since I was a kid and it does occasionally like i'll tell you when it does happen if i'm reading for somebody who is like dead silent on the other end like they don't respond to anything i'm saying or and and that's like it's not fair for me to expect anybody to respond a certain way on a phone call like people are going to disseminate information as they need to but if someone's dead silent and i can't get a read on them being like oh shit did i just I just say, so I'll be like, Oh my God, like there will be that stomach dropping moment of, of panic. And then I just have to remind myself, the cards don't lie, my channel, my, my, my guides don't lie. And we'll just check in and just, just roll with it. It's definitely like a lesson in letting go, (laughs) um, and a lesson in like just trusting the self it, but it's, it's not without, it's like occasional, I don't know, I guess I've just been doing it for, for so long, um, at this point that it doesn't, it doesn't hit me the way I guess maybe it did when I was younger. Do you do you experience that with your readings? Because um, your reading that you gave for me was one—it was just complete fire. It was so good.
0: Yeah, I I think that I doubt myself the most because I spend like 30 minutes before each reading before I get on the phone, and then like sometimes. Like, it, it's like, I'll, I'll get something and then I I just let it be what it is, what it is presented to me. I'm like, okay, got it. And I'll like write down exactly and I won't judge it. But then it's like, I think the more specific I get with my readings, the more I um, question it. But also I was just hiking the other day and I was, you know, talking to the trees as one does. And um, I could like, I was seeing energy because I'm not uh, used to seeing energy energy visually. Um, I, I, can feel it. Uh, I don't hear it. It's, it's all, I'm just like feeling everything. So when I start to see it, I get really excited and then it goes away really quick. Cause I start paying too much attention to it or something. Um, but in that moment I like heard my guide say something like, well, when you invite your logical mind in, you are, you're missing something like you're losing it, you know? And I almost felt like sometimes like my energy can be like clingy. It's like, if something intuitive happens, like I feel like I'll cling to it. And then I invite my mind in. I'm like, okay, let's figure this out. And then it just like disintegrates. And I didn't even realize that that's what I was doing until this, like two days ago. I was like, oh shit. I'm like taking two things that like, aren't going to work well together to help one or the other. And I'm trying to bring them together to like make this whole other thing. But that's not, that's not how it works. So it's just like, I think when I was watching your, um, your video, when you were just channeling the, the Lyrans, today when I was watching that I was just thinking I was like if I was getting some of this shit I I would be like doubting it you know I'd be like I but then again and I'm kind of rambling right now but then again there are times when I'm in a reading where I just start telling people things and I'm not doubting it at all and I just like and then I get off the phone with them and they'll be like oh my god you said this to me and you said that to me and I and I absolutely don't remember it but I, I it resonated with them and that's what counts so I feel like in that moment like something just comes over me and I just say what they need to hear. And I don't know. I So, so then in those moments, I don't doubt myself. So yeah, I mean, it, it comes and goes with me, to be honest.
1: Yeah, I do notice it happens with me more when I'm practicing automatic writing, believe it or not, which is funny, mm-hmm. because like, it's not for anybody other than me. It's not like I'm waiting for somebody to respond. I just tend to my, my rational mind will jump in. As soon as my pen hits the page, and be like, "Well, was that what you really wanted to say? Is that actually what they were saying?" Like, and so that in that element, I've had to really like let go because I think um, like there was a point in my life where I thought I was going to be a writer, so I tend to be very controlling about like how I write stuff down. So I have to let my put my ego aside and stop trying to like control the information coming out during a channeling session, both writing and otherwise. And that requires a lot of trust too, that you know who you're channeling with has got your back, which I believe every, you know, your guides have your back. Um, but it's it's, a, it's an exercise in trust. Like it, it is a game where trust is kind of like the end goal, I think. Yeah. Um, and definitely there have been moments where I've, especially with the fucking Lyrans, um <laughs> they come on strong. Like so, sometimes these messages are not the way that I would deliver them. And I think that's where sometimes I get really stuck is if like, this is coming from an energy outside of myself like i have to still like they said something about oh my gosh okay you can edit this out if you think this isn't going to be cool for people to listen to but I, we were talking to, I, I who the fuck was i talking to i think it was the syrians about uh, diet and like food and like how to get our bodies fixed. And they straight up said, and I did not say this in the chat at the time because I didn't want to freak anybody out, but they were like, all meat is cancerous. And I was like, well, what the fuck? Like, you can't just leave me with that. You can't just like, you can't, I can't. And I have since clarified with them that they, they mean specifically like mass produced shit. Like, you know, unless you're getting it very, um, what's the word? Just conscientiously sourced. It, it's, they were like, we're not going to backpedal what we said. We said what we said. And so I have to then learn how do I <laughs> get that message across without like freaking a bunch of people out because clearly it's what they want me to say. Does that make sense? It's just, it's, uh, it's, and, and the yeah. Lyrons can be a little rude if, if I'm, if I'm being honest.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. And I think that not only, um, I I feel like you're feeling resistance for not wanting to freak people out. But also I think that when you say something that is that like absolute and that bold about meat, people like turn off, like they don't want to. And I've like, I've, I've, I've had a lot of thoughts about like, how do I go about actually wanting to like share information about, you know, animal agriculture and about how like meat affects our bodies and things like that without uh, like, um, without just having people totally shut down. And I think that what has happened is that people are just so actually passionate about this, that they just let their emotion completely take over. And then they end up like grabbing a person that like eats meat and dairy and doesn't give a fuck by the shoulders, just like shaking them and be like, you're a murderer Meat's bad for you. And then of course nobody wants, I mean, even when people are telling me like, rational beautiful shit if they're not telling me in a loving way or in a time that i have the space for it or if i'm like sensitive about it i'm not going to hear it so yeah i mean i am uh you know the vegan and animal rights activist is happy to hear that the higher dimensional beings are saying this but um yeah i mean i think it would freak people out but also like I i guess i'll say And maybe like you could, if you did want to come out and like tell people or whatever, I mean, I'll, I'll leave this in the podcast so we can tell people this way. But when I, I've channeled the animal realm, I have, I don't know if I actually asked them or if they, if they were just giving me information, but they don't want us or they, they understand that us eating meat is a part of life and that's a part of their life and a part of their, um, experience. They just, there's no reverence in the way that we consume meat there's no respect there's no love there's no um all all of the things I don't know I can't think of another word all of the good things so they understand that we're going to eat them but it's it's gotten way out of hand and so yeah like you said I mean I think I posted something on my story on Instagram the other day that was just like about how fucked up the animal agriculture is and then right at the right afterwards I was like yo this shit's hard to see um but if you want to eat meat that's cool that's great but like if you have a local farm get it from them because the cow like has a a normal life it like lives in a barn it has free range it has people that like talk to it every day and like love it to a certain degree you know and then it 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 dies you know and so it's like if we're going to eat meat we we have to do it more responsibly so, yeah, I mean, I was like, I'm not going to be a preachy vegan. And then it's like, well, I mean, call it what you fucking will. Um, I think that these things are important to talk about. And I'm really glad you said, was it the Lyrons that said this or the Syrians? This,
1: I think, was actually the Syrians that said this. Um, I had them both on the line at the time, um, but I, I'm pretty <laughs> sure it was them because it, it was a freeway um, call. Yeah, yeah. And I actually this this week. uh, So I I do these these channelings more regularly on my Patreon. And um, yesterday, uh, I do I do them on Sundays. I actually had a four way call. Uh, I was getting busy. It was was a conference call because I (laughs) tapped into a a vegan 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 uh, guy for the first time I think like I mentioned so um, they all kind of drop in as like I have to have the space to let them drop in because um, especially usually when I make first contact with any of these energies it's intense for me I think part of the reason I was like out of commission for the past three weeks had to do with the fact that I started channeling some beings that are just of a very very high vibration and like the Syrians in particular, like will come through my heart space and just make me start crying because they have they. I asked them like, why Why do you do this to me? Like I'm on like people can see me. I'm ugly when I cry, and they were like, you think we're going to let you get away with telling people this without actually feeling it? I was like, God damn it! So anyway, um, to go back a little bit, um, I had an experience eating a goat, uh, this one time at Burning Man, um. Great segue into this story. uh it's relevant, I swear to God, so we had a campmate who worked on a farm, and um he brought this goat like like very nicely packaged uh, you know dry ice to the playa that he slaughtered himself, and he told us about the entire process, like he told us about the goat, the goat's I don't remember the goat's name, which I feel kind of bad about now, but the goat had a name, <laughs> the goat had a life, the goat had a history, and then the um, killing of the goat was blessed. Like he he blessed the whole situation. It was made very very sacred. He explained to the goat where the goat was going to go, and the goat was going to go feed a bunch of dusty, fucking crazy hippies out in the desert. And we cooked it over a spit. Like we we had the entire carcass um, laid out and cooking, and so you could see it. There was nothing spared. You know, you don't get it already in a sandwich. It's not already like in a sausage. Like you actually see what the meat is coming from, what part of the body. And it was the most I'll never forget it like i'll never forget what it tasted like i don't typically like goat or lamb like outside of this experience it's just flavor wise never done it for me and it this was a sacred event like me, me and my friend were we would just have like and hopefully this isn't freaking you out because you're a vegan and i'm talking about eating a slaughtered goat so checking in just making sure you're doing okay no i love it i love okay.
0: it i love the story
1: um but we we specifically ate like a piece of like the fat, um, because that was where so much of like the good stuff on the playa, you're you're barely eating. You're eating pickles and fucking, you know, my I don't know, margaritas and a bunch of beef jerky for like a week or two weeks. That's about it. And a lot of ecstasy. And so it it's not very it's not the most nutritious space to be, but this every bite we took of this goat felt like it was healing something almost ancestral in us. So I I agree with what you're saying. I, I think that. I, I believe that the Syrians would have definitely been like, "Yes, eat the goat" when they they saw the context. It's it's more just that we don't see what we're eating. We're we're completely detached from um mm-hmm. what we eat, almost period. It, it's a it's a problem. Um, but yeah, it was highly recommend getting locally sourced meats if that's your if that's your thing.
0: Yeah, I I think that what bothers me when people talk about meat is like when they they're like, Oh, I know that animals suffer, but like, Oh, I just love a cheeseburger. You know, I'm like, ew, Ugh. fuck off. Like you just are gross to me. Like, why are you gonna So that? But I know that was a beautiful story. And I think that like the word purpose was coming to mind when you were talking and when we eat our meat and it's, it's it, that goat's life had purpose when it was living and then purpose in its death. And I think that there is something so beautiful about that. And unfortunately a lot of times, not only are we animals are like mass produced nowadays, um, they're tortured their entire lives, but then we end up wasting a lot of it. So like there's a lot of suffering and pain and death that is for nothing. And I think that like the energy, I mean, obviously suffering in the planet in general, where whether it's like humans, the environment or animals, um, is, is making all of the energy out of whack and out of balance. But like, if we're speaking specifically about animals, it is just like, they're sacrificing their joy, their life, their experiences for our palate. And then we waste a lot of it. So it's just like, and there's just like no respect in it anymore. Um, yeah. And so, I don't know. I think that, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, I want no, to talk. I'm like, go ahead. Oh no! It's it, it's just to, to kind of not not that your
1: listeners probably want to hear any of this because I I do eat meat. Like I I'm uh, I th- I'm O positive and I guess that that particular blood type like we just do better with animal protein. Like I've gone for stretches mm-hmm. without eating meat and I just I my, I always feel a little bit more energized. I don't eat a lot, but like I you know have like a chicken sausage or something for breakfast and that's close to it. But um, oh no, it happened again. Oh, there goes my train of thought. Okay, that's that's number two. I'm keeping track this time. Son of a bitch. Okay, wait, no. Yeah, what I was Sally was, was so good. And now it's gone. Um. Okay, it'll come back to me. Okay, it's fine. <laughs> um. Oh, wow. I remember. I remember. Okay. Yay. That was uh, okay. I just needed to to be able to interrupt you with it. That's fine. Um. You think about how these animals are treated before they're slaughtered. Okay. If if they're in one of these just mass-produced like concentration camps. Like, I I don't know how to look at them any other way. Um, That, all those stress hormones, like all of the things and emotions that these animals are having go into what you're eating. It's like, this is true for humans too. Like our emotions live in our body. So it's it's another, (laughs) this was honestly like more of a kick in the ass for me to start eating um, like free range chicken and just like more lovingly cared for meat when I can. Because you're eating those stress hormones, you're eating everything that that animal went through that that history is going into you. So it's it's just something to be mindful of, you know what I mean? Like, do you want that fear? Do you want that anxiety and that tension to be what's sustaining you? And then you like you look at our culture where we're all freaked out all the time. I don't know, it's just, just something I think about from time to time.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. I love... um I love hearing from people that do better when they eat meat and then they are conscious about it. Like I have a friend um, who he bought like a whole cow. Like he literally bought like the meat of an entire cow and like ate off of it for like however long it takes a family to eat an entire cow. Um, But it was like he bought it like from a person that he knew on a farm. And like he and it's like he 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 I don't know like the farmer got something out of it the cow died to sustain another life and yeah I just like I fully respect when people eat meat and are conscious about it and like I also had a friend who was vegan that I lived with for two years and she was uh, like an environmental vegan and she made sure to remind me when I would get like really upset about You know, animal agriculture and the torture and whatever—all the sadness involved with it—that eating vegan is a privilege, and being mindful about what you eat in general is a privilege. And so, um, I also think that it's important to not like force yourself into something if you don't like out of guilt. And I think that a lot of people will be like, "Oh, I feel so guilty about this or that," and it's like, I don't know, I. I'm kind of all over the place with this, but it also does really bother me when people are like, oh my God, I love, like, I love animals. Like, I think I said something like, oh, one of my coworkers said, I can't believe that you don't eat cheese. Like, it's so good. And I said, well, yeah, I love cheese, but I just love animals more. And she's like, well, Mm -hmm. I love animals too. And then she's like, eats whatever fucking brand of cheese and whatever fucking brand of meat. And I'm like, okay, well, don't insult me. (laughs) You don't like you know it's i don't know i mean what a dick like, like is she is she doing that in front of you like i like
1: animals too and then like without blinking just shoves a piece of cheese into her mouth and like chews with her mouth open so you understand that she loves animals like that's the kind of vibe yeah. i'm getting from this person
0: yeah yeah you're probably correct um <laughs> just from a young age it was just never um my mom always raised me to put myself in other people's shoes and so like Um, that almost backfired on me to a point where like, I didn't know how to put myself first in any situation. Um, Mm -hmm. but I digress this, uh, this, (laughs) I'm all over the place. The pasta that I just had was really good. And then my cheeks (laughs) are really hot, but I'm going to make a really, really good point. Everybody put your seatbelts on. This podcast is going to get good 30 minutes in. Um, I just like, couldn't. Like cheese always kind of made me feel like shit. But then once I I realized that in my mind, I was like, I just want to eat. I love like white queso dip. Like, oh my God, that is my favorite fucking type of cheese in existence. I would eat it. All the time, multiple times a week. But then, when I started becoming more conscious, and I was just actually, once you see the videos, you know that PETA puts Mm. out, or whoever puts out, it doesn't matter who puts out the fucking videos. It's all the same. Um, Once you see the videos of how they treat the animals, like for me, there was no going back. I was like, oh my god! Like, not only does the cheese make me feel like shit when I eat it, I have like five minutes of satisfaction while it's in my mouth, and then like, and an animal had to suffer its whole life. For mm. this moment, it just like it didn't it didn't add up. And like I actually I haven't eaten meat in like 11 years. I don't actually know because it's been so long if I would do better with meat. I honestly love like green vegetables. I, I don't know actually know what my blood type is either. But um, I think I'm just one of those people that is able to be vegan and like do well with it. So, I mean, I, I'm lucky in that stance. And I also think like um, the whole world doesn't need to be vegan to make a difference. So I don't know.
1: But you know. I think the whole world does need to be more conscious about it. And and that's something that I wanted to comment on when you were talking about how eating vegan is a privilege and getting to decide to eat free-range meat is a privilege. That's fucking true. What everybody can do though is bless their food. So mm. if you go out and you get like Taco Bell or you're getting a chicken parm and you don't know where the, the fucking meat's from, you can look I know this sounds like I said, I'm sane. You can look at the sandwich and just say, to talk to the sandwich and be like, yo. <laughs> thank you like thank you so fucking much just offer some respect offer some dignity for whatever that animal had to go through for you to have you know however many many minutes of pleasure and like you know feed yourself anyone can do that with any kind of food so it's it's just and i need to, i'm saying that out loud like i fucking do it all the time i need to be more my even with plants like it, it's even i'm speaking of leafy greens it's really funny you brought that up because i as I was starting to channel with like my gut, so my, my serious Syrian guides are uh, Rami and Matthias. And uh, I was asking them like, what do I do health wise to be able to channel you guys better? Like, because I, my, my vibration needs to meet, meet yours or whatever. And like all the, all I keep seeing in my mind's eye is leafy fucking greens. I hate leafy (laughs) fucking greens. I hate, (laughs) hate, I can't, Ugh, like I and I don't know when this happened to me because I used to eat very very healthy, but I've been forcing myself to like cook fucking kale, and I fucking hate kale. I'm doing this. I'm doing this because I know I need. I, I anyway. Sorry, leafy greens. I'm I just
0: straight up and i have just straight up just eaten kale like a fucking rabbit <laughs> like, <laughs> i just like it so i love like they they give me power like i just feel so fucking on top of the world if you give me raw fruits and vegetables i can like lift a car over my head like i'm just like <laughs> fucking popeye i don't know
2: it's like literally- it's so
0: wild and I, as the, the healthier that I get, or like, quote, healthier, because, you know, that I think that that's, that word can mean many things to many different people. Um, but, like, the more that I change my diet, the less that I am able to just eat, like, even the simplest things. Like, I get, like, vegan cheese, which honestly doesn't – I mean, I get, like, expensive, nice, organic great, whatever, blah, 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 vegan cheese. And just the fact that it's processed, my body is like, bitch, stop eating processed food. And I'm like, but this is like good processed food. And it's like, there's no such thing as good <laughs> processed food. Like, I feel like I, I, I'm i gluten free. I'm vegan. I'm not eating like processed sugar. I feel like every time I take one thing out of my diet, my body's like, why don't you just keep on taking things out? And I'm like, what the fuck am I going to eat? Literally, am I going to be a raw vegan? Because that sounds... <laughs> exhausting like and then you know you try to go on a date with somebody and they're like you want to go get a beer and I'm like oh I don't drink they're like you want to go get food and I'm like yeah I'm just vegan gluten-free and sugar-free <laughs> <laughs> but my personality is great and I'm totally not crazy and I don't think that I can talk to dead people and animals like what
1: That's so <laughs> and I totally don't have at least two sets of wings at any given time yeah. I totally don't
0: I'm not like totally a shapeshifter I mean I really, I'm <laughs> no just like deal. The worst dinner date, but the conversation would be interesting,
1: <laughs> which is what you're going out for. Hopefully, and I, I'm getting to that point too. Like, I don't drink. I haven't. I quit drinking about three and a half years ago. Best decision I've ever made in my entire life. Um, because for me, at that point, alcohol was just pure poison. It was just awful. Um, and like certain kinds of meat, like I, I definitely am leaning less away from beef these days. Like I don't know. It's it's strange. Like I think eventually all meat is gonna get factored out. Um, but I just I don't know, I keep seeing you like I, I can't get the image of you out of my head um like just lifting a car up with one hand with like a bunch <laughs> of kale and just like aggressively <laughs> biting off a chunk of it and, and just
0: throwing that car at someone who deserves like it. And it's it's bringing me so much web. joy flowing down my cheeks and my my neck like ah! um it's like the but kale I- hulk yeah yeah exactly exactly that is i one can only dream um but it is i like how you said that about like vegetables um too like having some like reverence it's we're essentially like you're basically saying like pray before you eat which um i wholeheartedly agree with but let's not pray to the white man in the sky that hates gay people um let's pray to our food that dude's like, a fucking fascist. He deserves. I, okay, this is a huge
1: uh a sudden off-ramp no, into conversation. So I, okay, just a couple months ago, anybody who's friends with me is like really annoyed hearing me talk about this. I discovered TikTok. I discovered it much later than everybody else did. So um I built up enough of a following, you have to give a certain number of followers before you can go live and do TikTok live. So I go on TikTok live, I think this is my second time, and the subject of religion comes on, and I, without thinking, of any kind of consequence whatsoever started talking about the judeo-christian god as a fascist and as uh, somebody who's got small dick energy and is clearly insecure about it and i i got my life just got cut off like the fee just ended and they put me in tiktok jail and they were like that goes against community guidelines. they didn't specifically say that's what it was about but that was really the only thing i can think of that would have gotten somebody really pissed off um because that God is a fucking whiny little fascist prick. Like, I, I can't. Anyway, so yeah, do not pray. He does not deserve it. I actually heard on the TikTok that there's speculation. I don't know if I believe this, but that that God is in jail. In jail. In in higher dimensional prison. Uh, and he's being kept wow. there by the angels or some shit. This this is wild. I don't know if you've heard about this at all. No. Okay, get you on TikTok and get into it because I I, it's I mean, maybe don't though, because it's an addictive, horrible, it plays on your dopamine receptors. Like, there's no tomorrow. So maybe, yeah, maybe
0: I don't, don't know. I have a, I have a like, really dicey relationship with uh social media. Like I, there's some Instagram accounts that I follow that are literally just the funniest fucking things. Like, there's a, an account called openly gay animals on Instagram. And I fucking stop it. I mean, it's maybe oh not God. exactly what you think. Like, while there are some, like, it's just basically hilarious memes and also, like, animals being adorable. It's it's a nice balance of both. But it's like, a, it's like a page that I love and it makes me laugh so much. And the other day I just kind of, like, gave myself permission to go on there and just, like, look at all the things and laugh. And still spending time on Instagram on a page that I like and energy that I like, I could feel, like after five minutes i felt gross and i felt Mm. drained and i felt like so i really do feel like it's it's um my life can be uh similar to an experience of the social dilemma i think it was what it's called (laughs) where you have people behind you except like behind the 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 curtain controlling what you see like yeah but also i feel like those people are siphoning off my energy just like oh she thinks this is so funny like go 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 let's just eat her alive
1: yeah uh i think that what do they call those like egregores um they're kind of like yes. forms that turn into monsters that basically suck all your energy away like the, the, i oh i wish i was a creative enough artist to draw what i think the facebook egregore looks like because there's clearly one for fucking facebook um that site i, I can barely be on facebook anymore and i go on instagram because i like i don't know my guides are really specific about what platforms they want me to be on with this shit and it's because none of them are safe first of all and the more i think intuitives start becoming more intuitive and especially like with you the more you're starting to channel you're eating super clean you're gonna start to be really sensitive to those vibes and and be like oh this isn't this isn't right like something's not okay here um yeah and for whatever reason and it's funny because facebook and instagram are owned by the same people but like my guides do not want me going on Facebook lives, like ever again, like every time I've tried in the past, like couple months, something has, something has gone out of its way to make it impossible for me to feel like comfortable on there. Mm -hmm. Um, TikTok lives they are a little wary about too. It's, it's it's sketchy for sure. So I think it's good that you have like an intuitive sense about how unhealthy those platforms are.
0: Yeah, I like that. I like that perspective. Um, I don't really know how to segue into this, but I want to talk to you about um okay first i have because when i was watching your your channeling the the you're talking about like space cats and i think i've only ever heard uh, i think i heard jessa talk about like the dmt waiting room and how she said she saw a bunch of cats and then i have only ever heard her say that when any anytime anybody talks about dmt they're just like oh yeah man i just blasted off and i was like through a portal like another world And while all that is cool and i'm only mocking it because i'm jealous that i haven't had that experience um the first time i did dmt i went to this world it wasn't like a room it was this other realm and it was just like this crazy like Um, All these crazy colored backgrounds and it was literally just cat faces like sticking their tongues out like kind of like like when somebody does like a rock on you know they do like the metal fingers and their tongue out it had that that yes it had that look to it and then they were on like conveyor belts just getting like mass produced and like floating around but it was literally just cat faces and when you were talking about um space cats that's what I saw in my mind It was like that and then Jessa talked talk about like the DMT waiting room was just like a bunch of cats I'm like that was my experience that's fucking what I haven't heard her talk about that but that's fucking wild I
1: didn't know they were cats until somebody like there were a bunch of people in the chat being like oh are these the kitties I'm like they're kids because they didn't show themselves to me like that but I guess people have described people described seeing them as like thundercats like like they're like cats was clearly channeled by somebody who had a connection to the lyrans um so i don't i don't find it surprising a for you because you're an animal communicator so you probably have like a direct line to that kind of vibe anyway um and it might be why they want to talk to you but that's the, did they say anything like did they or did they just go like
0: fucking rock yeah they're just going like bah. like that and i was like what the fuck is this but i also think like you know i didn't smoke enough to like blast off but i don't i didn't i think that they were just trying to show me like i don't fucking know i was like 19 it was so long ago (laughs) i just remember like all i went over to my friend's house and they like had all eaten acid and then i was like oh man i didn't know you guys were all gonna eat acid and then my friend was like we've got some dmt in the fridge you want to do that and i was like okay uh sure you know i didn't do it like I'd be more interested in doing it now when people are like, oh, you like do a detox for a week and you go into all this meditation and then you do the DMT. For me, most of my like drug experiences were just like, somebody just handed me a thing and I put it in my mouth and then I had an experience. So yeah, exactly. So yeah. Um. So with with all of the, I mean, because just from me talking to you, like off the mic, just in our conversations, and then like hearing your... um your info uh god damn it ashley just talk it's really hard sometimes um watching your like instagram live videos about like the things that you channel i was wondering if you ever like got information about animals beyond how like meat is bad essentially i haven't asked
1: um but i could that's something i could bring up the next time they drop around um is is there anything like in particular you're thinking about
0: No I'm just like curious I'd like to ask different people that like channel information and higher dimensional beings and like because I guess I haven't spent too much time doing it when I go to the animal realm I travel down through like roots like I'm journeying to the animal realm so um, and I mean I've met like I have met light beings from um, star systems that are like pretending to be animals and I have also met like a Uh, beings from the underworld that are animals you know but i guess Mm -hmm. i haven't like i haven't myself tried to channel or communicate with like um a being like a syrian or a lyran or pleiadian or anything like that and i just like would be curious to know what they have to say about the animal collective and like what their relationship is and so i was curious if you had had that experience yet i mean i could i could definitely try it i guess that i um am still working through like doubting myself when i'm like channeling this wild shit you know Yo, I highly suggest
1: you try that. And, and I think also, um, maybe we can talk after the podcast about like setting up a time where you and I can either collab or, um, I can do a live and you can come on there and we, we can start doing like a question Q and A with them because you the, I can feel the lyre and energy right now. Like they're like just cause of, like, Hey, are you guys around. Um, I don't know how much insight they would have at this very moment about it. Um, if you can think of anything off the cuff, I also don't want to like drag, uh, drag your podcast out too long potentially waiting for an answer but we could
0: see um i would definitely be interested in going on like a live in like doing a back and forth i know that it's like a lot for you to like bring in the lyrens and they're like a lot of energy so i mean if they're around and you want to sure but like i'm not pressed on it right now
1: you know see if there's anything they just okay the the instant message i got is just that we need to love them the way that we would care about anything else um, and, and that they, um the animal kingdom, at least as far as they're explaining it to me right now, they have a lot of love for us, and the kind of love that we expect because we put um, like a transactional value on love, and we we look for evidence of it rather than accept that it's already there. Um, they're like, you have to understand that like the animal kingdom is is made of love. it, it is a condition of love, and you are incorporated in that and um it's through like our refusal to see that connection because okay the the lyrians are basically suggesting that we're really butthurt about something and that's why we refuse to see that we're connected to the earth it's like um we feel scorned um apparently you're getting a channel message right now holy shit um they're saying we feel scorned like like a kid would be really pissed at his parents and that's part of what's causing this rift between us and the natural world it's it's we feel really like we got fucked over somehow and that we're owed an apology. That's I'm gonna have to dig into that later. That's really interesting.
0: Yeah, because it's like, we have separated ourselves, like we chose to build houses and wear shoes and like do all the things that disconnect us from the natural world. And maybe it's like, now that we try to go back into it, it's like, but like a like bumpy, like we don't exactly like we're kind of like flailing around, like babies learning how to walk again. And then maybe we're just like resentful to the earth because it's not this immediate connection, like yes. we expect it to be.
1: Yeah, everything. Okay, so that's something my Syrian guides take serious issue with. uh, <laughs> uh is our tech <laughs> and how our tech makes it so that everything happens like now. Like it's it's there's also um oh my god, is his name Rodney? is it Rodney Yang, um, he's a comedian, uh, Malaysian guy, he had a Netflix special, but one of his jokes is like, I don't want Amazon Prime, I want Amazon now, like right now, like I an Amazon tomorrow, put it in my fucking hand, Amazon yesterday, where? and they, it's just that we, we don't know what it means to wait anymore, and like the value of waiting, um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, let's see. Oh wait, there was something else you said too that set something off in my brain. Uh, is this t- is this number three? I think this is number three. Okay, that's fine. Yeah,
0: I'm taking a tally. This is number
1: three. <laughs> that's fine. I'm moving on. Um, But okay, basically when I asked the lions about the animal kingdom, it, it, I just saw this beautiful red color, like this surge of like blood, like they're your blood. They bleed red too. Um, You guys are the same blood of the earth and it would def- definitely be in our best interest to start, viewing it that way instead of viewing it as like viewing it through the lens of guilt they're saying they really want us to stop feeling so fucking guilty about it because guilt just weighs you down and keeps you from acting and fucking doing anything so stop feeling so fucking guilty and take action like you're saying Mm -hmm. like be more mindful about what you're eating try to eat less meat if you can if you can't like let's offer a blessing let's just become more consciously aware of the fabric of reality that connects all of us including the animal world
0: Yeah, that's beautiful because I think that my instinct is to make these really like just make a huge leap and completely change my life and like devote myself to animal activism and like paint my face crazy colors and like hide and like hide cameras and pretend that I'm a cow and then like come out and be like, I caught you motherfuckers and like burn it down and save all the cows. But I think that like, wow, that is a dream of mine. I do hope to get there one day. I think that also these small, simple changes, like you said, like just being like, oh, okay. This chicken sandwich that I'm getting—it's all that I could afford today—and um, but I honor the chicken that died for me. Boom, eat it, done. You know, and it's just yep. like I think that small, simple steps like that—they allow this space inside of us that we didn't know was there to open up and to fill with like gratitude, love and compassion for something outside of ourselves. And it turns into something inside of ourselves. And then all of a sudden before we know it, it's like we are able to make these big changes. We're able to become more conscious. We're able to like, save an animal which is just it's like the small steps really do get us there and i know that that's something like i mean we fucking heard that our whole lives from like everybody's been like you know one step at a time but like really my instinct even is like i said to make these huge leaps and bounds but that's not always what it's about so
1: it's it's not but at the same time like where you might have like the space you might you're the kind of person who might be able to take that giant leap and like and be okay with it and then like somebody else will kind of like do the little steps leading up to that leap or something i think we all kind of have a role within how the energy shifts um yeah. and like you energetically just feel like somebody who can fucking take it like you can just do it because your heart is so passionate about it it's something you love like mm-hmm. if you're moving through an action of love it's it's so much more nourishing i feel like you're way less drained after whatever that big leap is um but i think that's really awesome and i don't know why yeah. but that's oh go ahead
0: i was just gonna say i spend a lot of time trying to like uh make i guess my opinions or like the things that i would do like uh i guess palatable is what i'm thinking or just like uh oh anybody could do this and there's all this way and i think like it's almost me like in a weird way like apologizing for my energy and i think that like that's kind of what i was doing without even realizing it just like oh i would go pretend to be a cow and tear the systems down but like you can just take little steps and then like but i don't have to like create a plan for everybody else to find their way there i can just do what i'm going to do and then just leave it at that <laughs>
1: 100 percent, and apparently like this is some macro stuff i've been getting in my readings lately it's like we and jessa even said this she i i don't know if you saw uh, Jessa's last energy update that like i literally had to use a safe word at one point because it read me so hard i was i have welts from that reading but um essentially it was like stop trying to live everybody else's life for them or or stop trying to live through somebody else's model because it's not your model like live your truth not somebody else's mm-hmm. so if mm-hmm. your truth is like putting on like a, you know fake cow costume or a fake cow costume a cow costume and fucking i would go in
0: totally naked and like <laughs> paint my body like a cow
1: the mm-hmm. I'm here for it. I I support this. Um Thank and you. and like one spark lights a flame that turns into I don't know whatever that Star Wars quote is. The resistance. Yay, resistance.
0: <laughs> I'm more of like a Lord of the Rings gal, so it's like one ring to rule them all that we must destroy. <laughs> um I don't know. <laughs> If that relates to what we're
1: saying but here i I raise a lightsaber in in solidarity with you uh oh my gosh. We'll, have to, we'll have to geek out about nerddoms at some point
0: as you're wearing your NASA shirt right now,
1: oh, I know I am did you know that we have this thing on Mars called Perseverance, and they had the first recorded audio from the surface of Mars in the history of humankind today uh that they put and, and all it was like. I don't know what I was expecting. It was literally just like. <laughs> it was the fucking wind. It was the wind. It sounds like wind. But it, I was still like, oh, my God. Like, my nipples got hard about it. it, it that's where I'm at.
0: That's where I'm at. What if at. it was just like like a an alien grabbed it and was like, we see you, bitches. Um, and then you're like so expecting that. And then it's just like a fucking. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. This is it, people. This is it. This is our next home. We're going to fucking <laughs> Mars.
1: Oh, my God. Well, Elon is going. I don't know about the rest of us. They. Ugh, okay, I won't go there. We won't talk about Elon. No
0: do you feel about. like you, um, you come from space? Like your soul straight up comes from space? Is that something that you or do you? Because some people are just so like, that's something I kind of wrote down. I was like, I feel like sometimes we're so... Um, it's almost kind of like a desperate energy to like not be from Earth. We're like, I'm, you know, and this is a lot of I found out in the soberish community. Everybody's like, where, where am I from? What am I like? Who am I from? like? And they, it's like they're disappointed if they're not from this like crazy galactic system that nobody's heard of before. And it's like I kind of felt like that at first, but then I was like, yo, but I'm like straight up from the Earth, and I'm like, I'm, I don't know, I just feel like I'm all the things. So I'm just wondering if you really resonate with like being elsewhere, or do and do you feel connected to the Earth? Like, what does that look like for you? I
1: definitely resonate with being elsewhere, and I am trying to figure out how much of that identity with wanting to be from elsewhere is part of my own, I guess you would call it Atlantean wound at this point, like not wanting to participate in this planet because of all the fuckery and all of the horror and all the bullshit and just, you know, we're living in an age where Reading the news just is like, it's like, oh, I, I haven't had enough PTSD today. Let me let me go on Reddit and see what the fuck's going on in the world. You know, um, so I, th- I think I'm both. I, I in my readings, the message that comes through, especially from my high guides, especially from the galactic guides, is that if you are born on Earth, you are an Earthling. You are of the Earth. You are part of the dream of Gaia, that it does not negate any other lineage that you have. It does not make you any less special. Like we have a really low view of this planet. We have a low view of what it means to be an earthling. We, it, it's its this, we're constantly trying to escape the identity that we belong here. And mm-hmm. that's what we have to heal. So yes, I do identify, like I've had dreams where I've just been like casually floating past Saturn or Jupiter. Um, I, I have dreams where I'm in space a lot, but I don't think that means I'm also not from here. If that makes any sense.
0: Yeah. I think that that does make sense because I have had, I think I've only had one dream where I was floating in space and I've always been, I think that my, my whole journey into kind of where I am now in my life. Um, I try to, I don't know why I've, I tried to stay away from the word spiritual or spiritual path. But anyways, like it, it, it started with contemplating the sky and contemplating the stars and then in learning about uh, space science uh <laughs> I'm sure there's a better word for that space science that's what I'm gonna call it. that's astronomy? what astronomy <laughs> nope space science um and then learning then like from there, learning about like quantum physics and quantum theory and dark matter, and then all of that led me to like meditation and out of body experiences and um but yeah, so it's like I definitely feel really connected to the stars um, and I feel like I. I I guess for me, it's like I, I have so much programming and conditioning that's kind of like weighing me down that like my highest, uh, or like my most precious parts of myself are like kind of muted at different times. Like when they're really not muted and they're out and they're loud and we're talking and connecting with one another and I feel really aligned with like my highest parts, um, I I'm sorry, I just precious my precious parts just sounds like I'm talking about my boobs and my <laughs> sex parts. My precious <laughs> my precious <laughs> parts.
1: What's the dog's name and Silence of the Lambs, precious, precious.
0: I don't have, know.
1: Have you seen Silence of the Lambs? Yeah, I've That's, seen Silence of the Lambs. Oh. Okay, sorry. Some of the um, only horror movies I like. Go on. Yeah, I can't do horror movies.
0: But um, what was I gonna say? Fuck, Fuck I all you right. all. that's my
1: fault. That is on me.
0: We're gonna add that to your tally. Precious parts. Precious parts. <laughs> Talking about boobs. Oh, I was saying. Like, like sometimes I'm like. I think just like today, Oh my God, my microphone. Um, I think like today and yesterday I've been feeling like I can feel like a, a depressive kind of energy coming in and the, but like I'm trying to get what I can out of these moments and these like days where I am depressed rather than just because my instinct is like, how do I make myself feel better? How do I make myself feel better? Go, 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 go. What can I do? Go for a walk, do this, do that. But then there's like another part of me that I'm inviting in now. That's like, okay, just feel the shit. Um, and see what comes up, but it's hard when like when I try to feel the things and the things are nothing matters, you suck, you're dumb <laughs> so I'm like, okay, uh, I'm trying to look for the hidden messages here um, but I think like as much time as I have spent, and it kind of blows my mind and I think I've I've heard different people in the community, talk about how many breakthroughs that they've had and how they've grown so much and things have totally changed for them their whole perception of the world has changed and their the relationships and all the things all the things are different and bigger and better and brighter but still even when i'm having experiences like that i still find myself remembering how highly conditioned and programmed i am to not believe in this shit to think that like having dragon wings that shapeshift into angel wings that I can talk to dead people. I can communicate with animals that we can talk about channeling higher dimensional beings. Like none of it's real, all of it's dumb. Like, and then like there's an, and then also like that life is hard. That money is hard that you have to have a job that you hate um, in order to get ahead. And like, you know it's 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 just like wild I didn't, for me to realize like how much conditioning I still have and like I can almost now like as I am becoming more intuitive and sensitive I can feel it like weighing on my body like it's just heavy and I feel like the parts of me that want to like float and go out of my body and connect and and grow and change and and shapeshift are like weighed down by this conditioning and it's some days it's harder than others and it's like I guess Sometimes I just get frustrated because I'm like, oh, I thought I was past this. Um, And that's not so much what I'm feeling now. I just get frustrated when like my channel is not as easy for me to like dive into. Um, But I have heard, you know, people talking about rest and how important rest is and how rest kind of like realigns us or how when we are like, we feel like we have like, quote, gone back to sleep. Um, those are the times that we're like integrating, um, some of the stuff that we've been working on and do, what, how do you, like, how do you view, um, cause I know that you, uh, struggle with fibro fibromyalgia. And so mm-hmm. you were like forced to not do anything. Do you struggle like, obviously with physically, but in your mind, are you like so frustrated when you can't do anything or like, have you found peace with that? And like, do you agree let me just ask you twenty questions. Do you agree that those are like necessary moments to like rest to allow things to kind of like tetris itself in your energetic body?
1: I love the image of energy tetrising itself in my body. and i'm I, I, I think you just like help me heal from something. like i I, um, I don't know how to make, I don't know how to make like that
0: just having that visual because I'm a really I, visual person. I've never said that before. That literally just came out of my my mouth. I
1: fucking love it because, like, you need time, right, for the, to, to turn them and to have them line up. Um, to answer your question, yes, my, I get insane sometimes when I get taken out like that, um, and it's very it's it's hard for I don't want to sound whiny. Um, it, it's hard for me to make peace with it until after it's happened because when I'm in the kind of pain that I get in with this stuff, I I just I, I revert I revert back to inner child. Like why is this happening to me? Like, what the fuck like, what am I doing wrong? Who am I pissing off? I, there's something defective about me. Like I will these flare ups trigger so much of that programming you just talked about. and I do think it's an invitation um if I allow it to be to work on those like what those triggers were in the first place because there's a lot of evidence that things like fibromyalgia are happen be, not because of I have my suspicions about like physically why it happens or manifests in your body, but, there's a huge, tremendous emotional component and um, a relationship with trauma that where all these things just get stored in your body. And at some point they're going to, they need to be addressed. And sometimes they get quite loud. And I'm also the kind of person who does not know when to stop. I, I don't stop. I don't take days off. I don't take days off. If I'm taking a day off, I have to be hiking. I have to be swim. I have to be doing something constantly. So like, you'd think I'd learn by now with how many times this shit has taken me out that like, I need to be better about resting and just not doing anything um but because of my conditioning i'm i'm kind of zeroing in on some of this like really early childhood conditioning shit where i had parents that uh were extremely controlling and my what determined whether or not i got love from them was how well i performed in school so i was always like my, my life was school it was studying it was getting shit done i barely slept when i was a kid i think i got an average of five hours of sleep a night when i was a kid for years um just because of the schedule i had i live in north county or li- i do now but also then lived in north county san diego and my high school was in la jolla so it was like a 40 minute bus ride every morning i had to get up at five the- anyway so i'm zeroing in on that um that need to perform and at risk of being punished only like right now, there's no one to punish me. It's all in my head. Um, and Jessica and, and Oscar have helped me with this a lot. Like the two of them have helped me kind of come into those core beliefs and identifying that stuff, but it's hard it, and it's, it's almost like I have to learn how to approach this programming without it exhausting me because sometimes just looking at the trigger triggers other triggers like oh that's right i'm pissed at my parents oh that's right my childhood was fucking insane oh my god there's so and then just like learning how to breathe into that and just let those emotions out like yesterday i was in my car um driving and i I do this i'm sane i'm sane i'll I'll keep saying (laughs) it but i will sometimes (laughs) yeah if i say it enough it's true I was I let myself go. I, I started having a mini tantrum because I was so angry about how much pain I was in, and I let myself have the tantrum. And I started like wailing, like I was crying so hard I was like almost shrieking. And I, in the back of my head, I was like, wait a minute, this is something else. Like something is something is being voiced right now, and I, I just let it go. I let her rip, so to speak. And what I kept saying. And I, I don't think it was me. I think, I mean, it was me, but it was like my body was saying, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. And I just kept shrieking that. And this morning I woke up and my pain was gone. So there's something to be said for like learning how to access this programming and these things that sort of get in our own way with a, a place of, of softening. Like you, I had to soften around that feeling to let it out because otherwise I would have just tried to control it and no, I'm fine. I'm fucking fine. I'm always fine. So anyway, that was very long.
0: Oh, that was great. That was great. Yeah, there is such power in holding space for ourselves. And I, I think one of my biggest um, themes, one of my, my stories is that I'm always alone. And I am alone. And I always felt that way as a child in my family. Um, I have an older sister and like, I don't know, I mean, she just kind of like, in, in my child brain, like she was just kind of like the, the better daughter, you know, and so then that start and then like everybody in my family would always compare the two of us. So like I grew up being compared all the time. Um, my family showed love by criticizing the fuck out of me. Um, and so... And, anyways, and I I just like, I just always felt like I wasn't seen or heard or noticed or any of that. And it started so young. And then it like went into school where like I was the one like token fat funny friend of the popular. Like I was always friends with like the hot popular girls and like the cool kids growing up, but I was just like almost the punching bag of the group. And I feel like I had so much more to offer, but nobody saw me. Nobody sees me. and so then like that's something like that I carry with me. Um, and so then I, I find myself doing that to myself, like like ignoring my body and ignoring, um, I think just like my body too, because I've been at war with my physical body for as long as I can remember, because I was severely bullied for being like ugly when I was growing up. Like it was mostly because I was fat, you know? Um, or that's what the kids told me. And then it's like when you're young and one person says that you're fat and then like a whole group of people turns around and laughs and like agrees with that person. You're like, Oh, I guess I'm fat and dumb and stupid. And so like, anyway, so it's like, me feeling alone and like, I guess kind of feeling abandoned by people not feeling seen has, has uh, manifested in me, like not paying attention to my own body. And so, um, I think even with like, I was having crazy back pain, like I'm like young to have this bad back pain, but I just like looked at it energetically and I was like, I'm having this crazy pain. And then I just imagined it literally like almost like vapor leaving my body. And I could feel like a relief from that. Um, and there have been moments where I just like sob, like I just imagine like me having a conversation with my mom and like, I had, you know, I didn't want for anything growing up. I always had food. I always had, you know, I went to summer camps and shit like that. I just wanted to be like told like you're beautiful and like you're smart and you're capable and I believe in you. And I never got any of that. Um, And so anyways, this is like, this turned into like kind of like a therapy session, but um, (laughs) this microphone is my therapist and whoever's on the (laughs) other end is like is also there. Um, But yeah, it's just that reparenting, myself is that something that i've heard jessica and oscar talk about um on different interviews that i've heard them on and reparenting has been is really like saved me like holding space for myself and it sounds like that's what you did in the car and it's so funny too that you mentioned that you're like wailing like crying, like having this experience, but then you're also having like a thought while you're doing that. Because the other day I started sobbing after I watched my octopus teacher, like didn't that movie touched me in a way I was not expecting. Like it was what got me was when he said at the end, something about like, he was like, yeah, I just realized like how, important and beautiful like all life is even the smallest bits or of life and I literally was crying for like an hour after that sobbing and while I was sobbing I heard a voice in my head going wow you're really getting worked up about this like oh you're really like you're really crying this one wow this really touched you didn't it?" I'm like what who invited this voice here I'm like can you just let me have a fucking moment and then I realized like it's so wild to see that I'm like fully in the moment crying moved and then also there's another aspect of me noticing that i'm crying and that i'm moved
1: the creepy observer I was like,
0: like who is that
1: who it, is it, that it's wild it's so it's so cool like hopefully like it didn't feel too invasive but it it's just kind of a testament to like when we talk about observer mind like when people who meditate a whole lot are talking about that that's what they're talking about it's like you could go through your whole life and just still like detach from it. Uh, how do I put it? It's it's like you cease to identify with the experience, like you still feel the experience, the experience is still real, and it's still therapeutic and all that stuff. But you're not you're not letting it like, take you for a ride as much. Um, and that's, that's like. I know. I feel like that's a sign that your brain is doing good shit. Like I feel like exercising that kind of observational brain is what gets us out of a lot of trouble. Ultimately. Um,
0: I just wanted to have a good cry. And then my brain was like, look at you crying right now. Look at, (laughs) look at you. You're really feeling feelings. And then it just started like talking and I literally felt like I was I was almost above myself watching myself cry. And I was like, can I just enjoy the, the, all the chemical release in the body while I'm just (laughs) totally moved by this man falling in love with an octopus and then all of the animals for the rest of his life. I was like, this is why I live. I fucking live for people to tell stories about like, I don't know. I just met a little mouse one day and then I realized all life is sacred. And I'm just like, (laughs) like cry, like,
1: um, oh okay it's kind of funny though that you mentioned a little mouse because i recently had a client i was i was doing one of those like get to know your guide readings and what came forward was this teeny tiny little mouse the littlest mouse you've ever seen and whenever i see a tiny guide like that when when a guide presents themselves as very small i'm like oh who the fuck is this like there you are (laughs) some shit is up and and truly like this i think they were like a kind of a um, an overseer or gatekeeper of this person's akashic records, and just so wow. powerful. But I love that they chose to show themselves as like a little mouse because it, it brought this sort of um, like can get zero. How do I put it? It to see something so tiny and precious and also so powerful. Like such a small container can hold so much power. It can hold literally like the keys to the universe. So I just I don't know. That made me happy. I think mice are great. I'm a I'm a big big fan of rodents in general used to yeah. have pet rats, and now I don't, I'm sad about it.
0: I would really like, I got a reading from Jessa a while ago, and she was like, I just see, like, you with rats, like a bunch of rats, and I've never really been, I, I mean, the first, like, animals that I've had outside of cats and dogs were, like, little hamsters, but then I had a cat in the house who, her name was Mitzi, um, M-I-T-Z-Y, Mitzi, um, and she would... <laughs> like somehow get the hamsters out of the cage and then like chase them down the hallway and not eat them, but just walk around with them like in her mouth and like the tail hanging out. My mom had to be like, Oh my God, don't eat the hamster. So I've always been like little animals are just, dangerous because they'll get eaten or something. Um rats can get big. They can
1: get big. Yeah. I had a, the rats I have were bruisers and I had them from when they were really little like when they were babies. I would keep them like on my shoulder and put my hood up and we'd walk outside. I lived in San Francisco at the time and they they would like come with me there. Um or no, I wasn't was I in San Francisco at that point. I have no memory of this place. Anywho, they, they, they got to be about like the size of my hand and they're very smart. They look like puppies. The only thing I'll say is that it you have to have a strong constitution because they don't live very long and they are so endearing so quickly that when I had to say goodbye to them, I was I was devastated. Like it, it, I, yeah. I have been around for a couple of different rat um, deaths. Like they were sick or that. And, and it, it was like, it, I can't even talk about
0: it. <laughs> Oh my gosh. um, I guess the reason like I, I didn't even like consciously know, do you have like 10 more minutes to talk? I do. Yes. Okay, cool. Um, but I was walking on a trail that I hike on all the time. Like I've probably hiked this trail a hundred times since the time I've lived in Eugene. And, um, I loved it yesterday because there was like nobody on the trail. Like it wasn't a great day to hike, but it wasn't raining and it was muddy. So anyways, I got really lucky and I couldn't take my time going up this trail and like talk to the trees and hug the trees. And like um, anyways, and I was like walking up and I saw just like right in the middle of a trail was a dead mouse, like a tiny dead mouse. And I think for me, I think it's obviously really significant when I come across like any sort of animal but to see like a dead one and it had like almost like a puncture wound like right in the middle of its stomach like a bird you know what I mean like put its little like its beak in there um but I just was able to have just like the sweetest moment with this mouse like I just grabbed like a leaf like I mean I could grab a leaf the size of my hand and the mouse would fit like perfectly in the palm like it was just this tiny little creature and I just scooped it up on this leaf and I was able to just like put it off to the side. And I just said like, I had a moment where I was like, you know, I, I wanted to honor the, the mouse's life. And then, um, something I've like never done. Cause I kind of don't know what to say. I've done a couple animal funerals, but even in my own head, just for me, I'm like, what do I even like say for myself here? Like, what do I say? But I had a moment where I was like, okay, I'll honor the animal's life and I honor its death. And that was kind of the first time that I was really like, um, conscious about honoring It's death. Um, I don't know, like, too much. I I try to not search too much in moments like this for meaning. I try to just, like, let it be what it is. And I think, if anything, um, whenever I see dead animals, it's like I can hold space for them and I can honor them in a way that they wouldn't be honored you know somebody might like just kick it off to the side or something you know it's like right. I even when I see like dead squirrels or like on the road like if I can I pull over and I, I pick them up and I move them off to the side of the road it's like I just think that there's like such a disrespect like we already killed it and then you want to like keep running it over but anyways it's just it was like I was able to just have this moment and I thought about even like taking a picture of the mouse and like making a post of it and that just felt gross. <laughs> To me, I was like, just in like, just, I don't know. But anyways, so like a little mouse was just dead in front of me, which actually doesn't happen that often, which I'm grateful for. Um, But I was like, and then, oh, and then I could like feel the earth, like accepting the mouse, like back in, you know, it's like, I like called in Gaia and I was like, just come in. And I like literally could see like energy coming up from the earth and then like starting to decompose, you know, and there's like a little spider already eating The mouse and I was like well then this is this is now your path you know like you will bring life now back to the earth and you'll return to the earth and um but yeah it was just a tiniest little mouse and it was like a a bird just like punctured it and I was like why didn't you eat it you just left it here but
1: you're I feel really called out because I shouldn't be laughing. That was such a beautiful fucking story. Yeah, you started Um,
0: laughing in the middle of it. Because what's so funny about dead squirrels? Because
1: I was on. Okay, I was driving with my my friend in the car. And um, I was moving. This is a couple weeks ago. And usually, like, if there's roadkill, I do everything I can to not hit it for the same reasons you're talking about. And I'm laughing because I just, there was roadkill and I couldn't get out of the way. I was driving a fucking U-Haul. So I couldn't swerve. I couldn't do anything. And I just ran over it. (laughs) And, like, my friend was like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm so sorry. I, I could not i felt horrible because i was like that's just how so do you much swerve in a
0: u-haul you know
1: you can't it was like it was like I, I at least it's already dead like we don't need any other deaths but i felt wretched for not being able to because i think there is so much like reverence that could be offered with s- situations like that so anyway yeah. i
0: that's why i'm laughing so i just feel like a
1: world-class asshole
0: Yeah, I think that it is like such a statement to be it almost feels similar, like the similar energy that Jessa talks about, like walking over um, somebody sleeping on the street to get into your mansion. It feels similar um, when you're driving down the road and you just like you see people just like running over an animal and an animal and animal. It's like I know people who would see an animal crossing the road and speed up to hit it. Like I've heard people tell me that before. Like, like I'm like, what the fuck? Like there are people out there that exist like that. And the other day I almost like I was, I was literally walking towards an, a a car coming um, in the middle of the street to put myself in front of the car because there's a cat in the middle of the road that like wouldn't get out of the way. I was like, I'm just going to throw myself in front of this car. No big deal. Um, And and just to (laughs) think that there are people that are like, like it's just, obviously I feel rage when I think about people like that, but I think that it just speaks to a bigger issue of like, we are so disconnected from feeling like we have any connection to this animal, like from feeling that yeah. like we are like akin to these animals. And I think that like, ultimately that's what I want to do with this podcast. And with, with not just with this podcast, but with my life work, like my life's work, I just want to plant a seed of, of, I guess, love and compassion, as cheesy as that sounds, maybe there's cooler words to say, but like, I'm not a cool person, I guess. Um, But love and compassion into people's minds for animals. Like, just just think about it a little bit differently. Like, there's there's a bird that for some reason, sometimes birds will like start attacking car mirrors. Have you heard of that? Like, they think that they're like they think that they're seeing like another male bird that's like coming for their nest. Like, and it, and like, I heard people at my job being like, God, what a stupid fucking bird. Like, Oh God, this bird's the worst. I'm going to like kill it. And I'm like, mirrors have not been around long enough for ant like mirrors are confusing to animals like people just assume they're like oh squirrels are dumb they walk in the middle of the road i'm like bitch roads haven't been around that long like what the fuck like people are just like uh, like humans are just like oh animals just need to like figure it out already or we'll kill them and get them out of our way oh that's insane that's genocidal
1: and and it's ultimately something i'm reading about actually in a plant spirit medicine book where it's the author is like we really need to cool it with the superiority complex to think that we're better than things that don't communicate the same way we do because we are fucking up with that it's a huge problem the only argument i would use to counter that is the time that i was in waltham massachusetts (laughs) stuck in traffic for like 20 minutes because a motherfucking turkey a turkey (laughs) decided to go into a four-way intersection and just stay there and 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 i swear to god if a turkey could flip a middle like a flip the bird if it could give a middle finger this turkey didn't give a (laughs) fuck and it and, and like the second a car would start to move, it moved the other way. Like, oh, you think you're going where? Oh, you think? And it was having uh-huh. the time of its life. So that is the only. I, I turkeys definitely have a superior or complex over humans, but it sounds earned at this point.
0: I was like, um, cornered by a group of turkeys one time, like literally back up against a wall. I was trying to make myself look big, you know, big arms going like, like making sound. And then like, they would run off. I'm like, all right, I'm good. And then I'd start to like walk away. And then the male turkey would be like, oh, bitch, you're not big anymore. Are you? And then it would like run right towards me. and I was like screaming bloody murder. I was like, I was so scared, but, um, I have stopped traffic. There's so many turkeys out here in Eugene. like, And I see them cross the road and people just flying by. I've literally put my car across both lanes before to let a flock of turkeys pass. And I would do it again. And you telling me that story, I'm just like, yo, I was probably that turkey. Like, uh, (laughs) fuck, yeah. Like, I love it when animals are like, bitch, this is our world. Oh, you got to go somewhere? Oh, you're busy? Oh, you're busy today? Well, bitch, I live here. So honestly, like some
1: of my favorite like animal, I guess you would call them blooper videos are people getting attacked by geese. You never see fear. You never see fear the way that someone is afraid of a goose because they they you see them approach with that. I'm a human. I get to do whatever I want. And the goose is like, oh, do you? Do you really? <laughs> and then the goose hisses and then the human realizes, I didn't know they could do that. And then you see for a split second all those little razor sharp fucking fangs that line it's the terrifying. bill. And then they chase you and they don't give a fuck. And it's great. It's it's shadenfreuded at its best. I also have been like chased by birds before. And it's it is, I can't attest, it's scary as hell. They're sociopaths. They don't give a fuck. Like they're former yeah. dinosaurs. They do not care.
0: Uh, <laughs> I love them so much. Amazing. I love it. I love when animals fuck with people. It's like what I live for. Um cool. Well, this has been great, way. I feel like we covered so many topics. Um and I love that like my energy when i first started this like my cheeks were red i was like having a headache i was like oh i don't know if i'm gonna i was in like a pasta coma and then i came to life about halfway through (laughs) i've got i've got the pasta sweats i don't know yeah my gluten-free vegan pasta really fucked me up you know (laughs) oh my god no this was Um, super awesome Fuck yeah. Can you tell people where to find you? I'm sure that everybody that already listens to my podcast knows you because you are well known in the soberish uh chats. Sober. On- uh
1: they can find me at um femfatal tarot.com. It's a uh, f F is in Frank E M M E F is in Frank, A-E, T-A-L-E, Tarot. I really should have thought out my business name better <laughs> when I came up with it, so I don't have to spell it out every time.
0: Frank not spelled with a P-H. Right. <laughs> a, yes.
1: But yeah, Femme Fatal Tarot. Uh, I'm on all the platforms. Of, you find me there, uh, Instagram, TikTok, and Patreon. I, I highly recommend the Patreon, y'all, especially now that these guides have started coming through. These, these Q&A sessions with them are really, really fun.
0: Yeah, I think I'm going to join your Patreon. No, oh, woohoo! But, um, I love that I, like, got a reading from you, and then, like, I we, like, did a trade, and then all, like, I, I think two minutes on the phone with you, I was like, oh, we're friends. Like, I was like, we just, like, haven't talked yet. I don't know why, but I was like, we're just going to, like, laugh this whole time. But your reading was, like, it was really intuitive, and I felt like it was, like, a, a dance that we did together, which I really liked. Like, so, like I... I think when I give readings, I like sit the person down. I'm like, let me talk at you for like 20 minutes. And then I'll give you like 10 minutes to talk to me because I I just, it can be really intense. Um, But I love that. Like it was, I feel like it was like a co-creation with you and I don't think I'll do that.
1: Well, thank you. It was, I love, like I vibed so hard off of your energy in both readings, both the reading that I did for you. And when you um, gave the reading for, for my kitty and um, my roommates, kitty Jack's, like I, I, I would love to look at your human design stuff at some point, because um, if you're the kind of I, I tend to reflect whoever's energy kind of back at them and it creates a feedback loop. And I think you and I just have really similar like clowny, silly energy and it just it it feeds really well off of each other. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I, I loved doing that. And I, I truly I've been trying to send people your way because I since that reading, I don't know if I told you this, Jax has chilled out so much, like less really? hissing. Um, I've been able to keep my door open and the cats have just been able to look at each other. There's been way less growling. He has been nicer to me. Like he's coming up and and just like petting me basically. So I really want to thank you because that, that changed the dynamic in the house a lot.
0: That's like, I, I feel like what I'm supposed to do is, is like let like, let the animals, like, be seen, like, give them a way to be seen and be heard. And so, like, uh, sometimes I worry, like, if I'm actually doing that. And so, like, I love it. If you've ever gotten a reading from me, please tell me how it's going now. Um, Because it's just, like, it just gives me that confidence. And that that is so, so beautiful. Because it wasn't like Jax was ever, like, he doesn't have a bad bone in his body. He's just, like, it, it was, like, that change. It was, like, he was just change. And then you, you take up a lot of energetic space. And we talked about it. But, like, that is just, I, I, I am like honored to give him an opportunity to like communicate with you, you know? So oh,
1: thank you so much. And, and let's, let's keep doing trades because I, I would also just love to learn more about, um, how you communicate with animals. Cause I think you're, you, you have something very special going on and, um, I think we need more advocates for the animal world and, and, and what you're doing. Um, more so now than ever so i just want to thank you for just doing the work that you do at all it's really it's really sacred and it's really po- like powerful and important
0: oh, thank you so much wow, this, really, this is like a moment where i can i can like check on like my feminine energy right like am i good at receiving compliments like i am but then a part of me is like okay now i gotta give you something but then i'm like nope just receive it ashley just receive take it receive bitch. it oh. Yeah, just waft it towards me. <laughs> like <laughs> wafting. <laughs> uh, well, this is amazing. So I'll I'll link all of your stuff down in the show notes. I'm pointing down like the show notes exist beneath me right now. They don't. That's not real. Okay. Well, I, I'm so awkward at the end of this because I'm going to like stop the recording, but you and I are going to keep talking. So <laughs> let's just say bye. Let's just say bye to everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.